0: This was a fun podcast that I got to do without Mark. He's on vacation, uh, hugging trees, whatever it is that Mark does on vacation. But either way, Craig Ripley, Living Off the Slab, YouTube uh, review of all kinds of adventure touring, really fascinating interview with Craig. Um, I think you're going to enjoy this one.
1: Welcome to the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles memories and mayhem oh this is awesome sponsored by wilkins harley davidson let's get this thing started here's john and mark
0: so on the line with us is craig ripley with a an amazing youtube channel called living off the slab welcome craig how are you
1: i'm doing fine how about yourself
0: i'm great um as i mentioned to you prior to signing on here um, our friend mark is on vacation we don't know where where he went on vacation we just know that he's on vacation and likely in some rainforest uh eating kale and uh, probably an indian style so
1: eating kale and hugging trees And hugging
0: know. trees that's what that's what he does that's what that's what, that's what that is actually what mark does so huh. i don't want to waste
1: writes the harley davidson women. he writes the harley davidson
0: yeah mark mark is a very unique guy so <laughs> Uh, he's not here to defend himself, which is the way that I like it, and uh, he's very smart, so he, he's very witty, so he can jump back in, um, but I'm, I'm thankful. One of my favorite things to do is do podcasts without him, so here we go. Right. Um, Craig, you're Living Off This Lab um, YouTube channel is is an awesome channel, something that um, that we ran across, and we were both saying, we've well, got to get this guy on our podcast how did this come into being? First of all, before we get into what one of your most recent videos that's that seems to be doing really really well with viewers, um, how'd you get into living off the slab? Like, what what what's where did the even name come from?
1: Uh, well, I guess I'll start off with how I started this. It was kind of almost a fluke. Uh, myself and a couple of buddies, we uh, were taking a cross country trip back in 2011, and I just thought that it would be nice to. Uh, start a YouTube channel so I could post videos along the way, mainly for my family and friends. But by the time we made it out to uh, the rally out in uh, Prescott, Arizona, where we were going, um, I had all these people who were following me, and they knew who we were when we walked into the room. That's cool. uh, Yeah, I was kind of like taken aback by it. And uh, by the time I got home, I had about a 1,000 followers already. And so uh, I just kind of took it from there, uh, and since then, you know, I've been documenting uh, my trips to places like Nova Scotia. And in two thousand seventeen, we went to Alaska, and just last year, I did a big sixty day trip all around the, the U.S. So wow, we do that, uh, and then uh, you know, reviews of various bikes and talk about different things in the motorcycle culture.
0: And so you you took sixty days. You took 60 days off of work, or are you retired?
1: No, I am not retired. I took 60 days off of work. I, I turned 60 this year, uh, so that was a big milestone for me. And uh, I decided that it was basically timed to do you know this big trip that I wanted to do. So I worked it out with my employer that I had uh, all of my vacation time. I would use that. And then they actually let me go negative a little bit on my vacation time, and then actually take some unpaid time off. So
0: wow, that's a nice smaller, that's a nice employer. Smaller. Yeah, okay. and, and and you uh, and you probably well deserved, and they probably they were uh, that's one reason why they were okay with that. So you you did this on your on your Yamaha? Uh,
1: no, I did this one on my Victory. I have a Victory Vision, and then I have the Yamaha Super Tenere. Okay. Uh, but my wife was going to join me, or she did join me, on part of this big trip. So uh, she's not too comfortable on the back of the tenere. In fact, it's not even set up to carry a passenger. So uh, we had to have her thrown for her to ride in. So that's why I took the vision on this
0: trip. Nice. And uh, so, so you, you documented this. Um, so, so our listeners can go onto YouTube and just type in, Living Off the Slab. Uh, and you can track down Craig and, and watch some of these uh, um, adventures. Um, Craig, so you you recently, you did a, uh, you do reviews. You do a, reviews, and they're actually fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because of what we're going to get into, but your reviews, I like them because they are certainly, they bring in a kind of a historical perspective on other um models and you tend to take the wind out of anyone's sale sales that uh maybe is going to present a contrary view um so you you sort of already hit hit it on the head by saying hey i know you guys are going to post x y and z let me get that out of the way which which i which i really like oftentimes as most of us know our reviews out there just uh, one sided one way or the other. And, and, uh, you hit it right on the head with, with some of the stuff on the Pan America. So I'd love to get your, your observations on the air, um, in your review of the Pan American. I know it's early and I know you haven't had a chance to ride it, but you are, um, you are an adventure, uh, rider. And so, um, let's get into that. You know, what are your thoughts on, on Harley Davidson's new Pan America? Uh,
1: well, I'm, that Harley-Davidson has decided to uh, you know, spread their wings, so to speak, and you know, head out in, in new directions here. Um, I know that when I was looking for my adventure bike back in 2015, you know, all of the choices that I had were uh, either Japanese or German, uh, Italian, you know, everywhere but American, right? Nobody from American company had an adventure bike that I could choose from. So um, I am happy to see, again, that Harley is, uh, is heading in that direction of uh, you know, expanding their lineup. So I, I like that, and uh, I also like the fact that while some people do not like the way that the bike looks, uh, and personally I have mixed feelings about it, uh, but I do like the fact that it's different. Um, Harley did not try to copy anybody else. They went out and they made their own look that is completely unique to them. And being an adventure bike, they all look weird anyway, <laughs> so um, that's completely fine with me. So uh, I guess basically those are the reasons that I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to, to seeing this bike when it finally comes out.
0: Well, you mentioned in your, in your online review that you enjoy bikes that push the limit. Um, and, and you talked about that, that it, it's, it's unique looking and, and it certainly is, um, what other motorcycles out there, I mean, as far as manufacturers go, adventure touring bikes, are you seeing some uniqueness as far as their styling goes?
1: Uh, well, one that I really enjoy right now is Moto Guzzi just came out with, uh, I think it's a T85, is that it? Or 80 or eighty five? Um, and it is just unusual. It is wild looking. Um, I've always liked Moto Guzzi's because of you know the the transverse mounted engine. They're just unusual. Uh, but I really like the fact that they are kind of pushing the limit of what design.
0: Sure. Um, I mean,
1: you know, also if you look at some of the stuff that uh, Ducati is doing, I mean, the Multistrada is a very unusual looking motorcycle. Uh, I mean, all of them are really. Um, the only one, the only one that i right now don't really like is what ktm is doing with their with some of their bikes uh, they're going in a strange direction as far as i'm concerned but even that it's their direction they're unique um so you know that is cool um i mean i ride a victory vision so i i write about the most polarizing motorcycle that, that you can think of
0: yeah well, I, I mean, you, it sounds like you've uh, you've you've been on a lot of different motorcycles over the years. When you talk about, you know, um, the Pan America, the twelve fifty cc, is that is that an optimum from your perspective? Is that an optimum engine size off the line, or should they have gone smaller? Uh, what What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that you know, in today's market, they have to be up in that that size range in the twelve hundred, you know. 1300 cc range to compete with the likes of bmw uh, with the gs and then with ktms with the 1290 and you know even the triumph tiger explorer those bikes are all up in that range and that's what at least the american market is buying right now Um, i would also like to see them at some point at least they'll come out with more of a a mid-range bike Uh, you know yamaha is now coming out with their uh, T700 the Teneray 700 and I'm actually really interested in that uh, something a little bit lighter uh, For more real, you know off-road riding the big bikes are great I mean if you're going on a tour That's what you want uh, because you're going to be doing highway and you're going to be doing some off-road stuff uh, And they can carry you know a lot of gear but uh, if you really want to get off-road you need something smaller and lighter so at some point i would love
0: to see them do that as well. So is that a predominantly uh is that is that the major focus on on the CC size as far as um you know if they if they did a 950 or or something like that would they would they is, is it focused on folks that are really going to take these off road because i think your your youtube review uh had an interesting stat that i'd love for you to talk about as far as the amount of people that go off road, um, but is that is that predominantly what you see out there in the world that that, that they're not going to be taking a a twelve fifty off road very often?
1: Yeah, I mean th- these bigger bikes. I mean there are guys who take them off road all of the time, and their skill levels are far above mine. Um, I am a, a fire road, dirt road. Kind of rider I really don't get into the single track and those kinds of things with a big 600 pound motorcycle but as you just mentioned the majority of the people who are buying these adventure touring bikes are you know using them as sport touring bikes they don't ride them off-road or even get them off-road very much at all so something in, in the size range that we're talking about here the 1250cc range right that you know, gives you a good uh, balance, I guess, of being able to get out and do some of those fire roads and so forth, but also gives you no know, power to get out there and get on the highway, you know, and run 70, 80 miles an hour all day long comfortably.
0: So uh, cause
1: I know when I go terrain that's typically what I'm doing. I'm riding a long distance to get somewhere, and then you might, you know, do some off-road work and so forth when you're there, uh, but you still have to then get back home, and you've got that you know, 500 mile day that you have to do. So I think that's what most people are using these bikes for. Uh, there are that smaller group of people that go off-road with it. And I think most of those guys really would like to see smaller bikes. Uh, that's one of the comments I know I got when I was looking at mine, you know, and talking about doing off-road stuff. They were telling me how heavy it was, and you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so, there's two different worlds, I think, that we're talking about, but uh, the majority of people are, are using them just as touring bikes.
0: Well, and I think your stat was on on, on your uh, channel was 80% of the adventure bikes never see dirt. Uh, that's is, that's it, what I've read. And, and, and I, I've read that as well. It's kind of, and I think it lines up with even pickup trucks. I mean, I we have uh, a lot of friends and that drive uh, hopped-up pickup trucks that, uh, beefed up tires and lift kits and whatnot, but they don't they don't ever take them off road. They're right. per, you know primarily uh, for looks and and uh, appreciation for what the pickup truck's capable of doing or the adventure touring bikes able to do. But um, you know, I, I one of the questions that I had, Craig, is uh, what do so what do you think you know being that this is going to be new to um, Harley dealers, um, what do you think Harley dealers need to do to get ready? for riders that are going to come in that are interested in these in these new products that maybe we've never experienced these these people.
1: All right. Well, I mean I think that's actually a great question and I I really like that as a Harley dealer, you know, you're asking me this because I think that uh, one of the problems, you know, that Harley had with Buell is that when you went into a dealership, you know, they kind of were pushed to the back corner and people didn't really know much about them. Uh, So I think that that's what really you're going to have to avoid this time, is that everybody in the dealership is going to have to embrace this change, whether it be with the Pan America or whether it be with the New Bronx or any of the other bikes that are coming out, Uh, you know, everybody has to buy into this. And when somebody walks into the door, you know, you've got to be knowledgeable about these bikes. And especially like in the adventure bike world, I mean, there's a whole, you know, world of people who who do this kind of stuff. And it has its own uh, quirks and, um, you know, idiosyncrasies that, uh, you know, I think you're going to want to know about. So I guess those are the two things, you know, just really embrace this and, you know, understand that these people are going to be coming in and they're going to have a different mindset than the, the normal Harley Davidson rider and, then be knowledgeable about the
0: products and we've been um uh encouraged i should say and we we've certainly adopted this idea but we've been acquiring uh adventure bikes on the side and riding them and then retailing oh, nice. them um so having some experience on some of the roads up here in the northeast vermont alone has i think it's sixteen thousand miles of Dirt roads, if i if I remember correctly, and so we've had the the tiger and the uh, KTN the the 1090, um, and so we put some some miles out there with the staff that are interested in Pan America. What other things, as far as in your mindset, uh, should we be involved with out there in the world as far as uh, events go? I mean, are there any events and that you're aware of that every dealer should be visiting now to get a good sense on? on uh, what they, or even websites for that matter.
1: All right, well, there is a, a New England uh, adventure rally that goes on, or it's either New England or Northeast adventure rally, but it moves around from place to place. Uh, I believe it's been up in Vermont a couple of times, so I think it was in New Hampshire last year, so that's something that you can look up and get involved with. Okay. Um, excuse me. Um, Websites goes there's uh, something called uh, horizons unlimited. I don't know if you've gone to that or uh, Just adventure writer ADVrider.com okay, Uh, that's a whole forum so I mean you can look up you know the forums on these Um, There are you know BMW groups in the area that have a good size GS contingent Um, so you know you might look at those and uh, see if you want to go and and visit some of their rides or rallies, and talk to some of those folks. Um, I mean, those are the main things. And then, if you want to get out of uh, the Northeast area, uh, there is um, uh, Overland. Uh, what is it? Overland Expo. That's uh, there's an East Coast Overland Expo, and then there's a West Coast Overland Expo. So you can get into those. As well, uh, I think they were in Asheville, North Carolina this year. Uh, they just had that. I believe it was in November.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: So there are, you know, there are all kinds of events like that uh, that that happen, you know, around the East Coast area. And then, of course, out on the West Coast, uh, there's a lot more stuff going on because they get to ride all year long.
0: Yeah. Uh, sadly, so. Uh, in looking at the panamerican i know you've seen pictures and you've seen some basic stats uh wh- on from your perspective what's sticking out as as um, a powerful value proposition in in the early stages of looking at this based on just your knowledge of the sport
1: All right well things that i was impressed with when the stats came out on the engine i saw that it was going to produce uh, was 130 145 horsepower and 90-plus foot-pounds of torque, Mm -hmm. so I think those numbers are great. Um, You know, they're a little bit under uh, what uh, the Ducatis and the KTMs produce, but they're a little bit more than their main competition, which would be the BMW, you know, GSA. So that looks good. That's very promising. I'm very interested to get the final weight on this bike Um, because, of course, people in the pictures always look at it and say, oh, that looks heavy and so forth. But I'm wondering, I mean, it actually looks like it might come in pretty well because uh, it doesn't have a lot of bodywork on it. I mean, one of the things I like about the design is it's pretty simple and there's not a lot of extra plastic and stuff on it. Sure. Um, so, uh, so we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, it's chain drive, again, which is going to make it a little bit lighter. Um, so those kinds of things that I'm, I'm interested to see when, you know, it finally comes out. Uh, you know what, uh, what all the specs are finally on it. I um, mean, you know, there are a few things that you know. Of course, you look at a bike, and it's hard to tell what its weight distribution is. But you know, a lot of people have commented that it looks top heavy and so forth. But again, it's you can't even. How do you tell that from just looking at pictures, right? Sure. You need to get out and ride the bike. Well,
0: that fiberglass certainly gives it that illusion, right? Is is there's oh, exactly. some 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 uh, some of the fiberglass tends to be high, but as we know that that can be. Very light material. Uh, one of the interesting things that you did in this uh, video about Pan America is you uh, had another person out there named Mario that um, was going to post. I think I think you posted. You agreed to post the same day, do a review on this, and and he posted it as well. Um, and uh, I anticipated after watching your video that Mario was going to be anti a hundred percent where he he wasn't a hundred percent but uh he did have some positive comments uh how did that come into being as far as uh, you know who's mario and how did that come into being as far as agreeing to do a, a re- review on the same day
1: uh, well mario orsini he's uh he's a gentleman that i've met online because of our youtube channels uh he runs uh the two-wheeled rider youtube channel and like me, he does content on his trips and, you know, motorcycle reviews and other things like that. And Mario's background is more, um, you know, motocross. He, he still to this day does some motocross racing. Um, and then, of course, he does his more travel stuff like I do as well. So his background is a tad bit, you know, different than mine. And he was just coming at it, um, you know, primarily... You know kind of like oh god harley's getting into adventure bikes what the hell do they know about an adventure bike uh-huh you know and i mean there's some truth to that sure uh, but uh but uh, you know i'm i'm just a little bit more open-minded on and say okay let's let them give it a try and let's hope at least i hope that they can pull it off and so i mean that's really what that was all about yeah and we, we started talking on a a post uh, that he did on instagram and I made the suggestion that we both do these videos and, and they both got a, a good number of views and uh, I think turned out pretty well.
0: Yeah, it certainly did. You know, I liked the perspective. Um, you kind of, you, you got into this whole, do they, some of the critiques have been what does Harley know about this uh, world and uh, do they, they need to be having a racing heritage behind uh adventure touring and and i liked your thoughts if you could just tell our listeners and i obviously i'm encouraging them to go track you down on youtube but what were your thoughts on that because i thought they were really um really it was a really interesting statement
1: oh geez i can't remember if i the exact statement that i made on it but um i mean basically um you know why does somebody have to have a, a a heritage you know they they uh, or in racing, at least, anyway. Um, you know, it's true that uh, Harley-Davidson hasn't uh, participated in the car and, and in motocross and, and those kinds of things, but, you know, um, does that mean that they can't start somewhere and right. do it now? Um, no, I mean, no, everybody needs to expand and, and, and try new things, and, and that's what encourages me about this, is their their willingness to to put themselves out there and uh, it, try something new. And I have to be honest, too, that of all of the motorcycle companies out there, um, Harley-Davidson at least seems to have a plan for the future. Now, Is that plan going to work out? I don't know. I hope it does, but at least they seem to have some kind of a plan. Sure. And uh, I don't see a lot of other manufacturers that at least are letting on that they have any kind of plan for how they're going to get New riders and things into the fold.
0: Well, they certainly uh, called the called the uh, the the ball on you know two years ago with their more road strategy that they came out with and and said that they were. I mean, you saw in the clips that this is where they were headed. So I think that that's uh, a brave position to take and to let your competitors know uh, years out that you're going in this direction. Uh, certainly gives everybody the, the heads up that they need to be sharper and pay attention to their world, which in the end I think that was one of your one of your comments I really appreciated. It just makes a better product all the way around and gives you choices and right. and uh, and I and I appreciate that. So Right. Um,
1: yeah, we well, say so competition is good for the consumer. And I'm you know, it, it's good that whether it's Harley Davidson or BMW or whoever that is, you know, making these new products it's good for us as motorcycle consumers. It pushes the manufacturers and makes them create
0: better products. Certainly does. Craig, I know you're a busy guy and I was, uh, I was very appreciative that I was able to carve out, uh, some, some of your time. I look forward to more of your reviews and, uh, down the road when you're able to ride this or maybe, uh, Harley calls you and reaches out and gets you on one of these. Uh, we would love to have you come back on the air and, and, uh, do we, uh, Uh, Another podcast with us, and let us know uh, what your thoughts were.
1: All right. Well, thanks, and and if you can drop a word into Harley, I'd be said I'd be happy to ride one. I would really love to. We
0: we hope that that happens. We'll do everything on our end that we possibly can, Craig. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, Craig.
1: Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.